Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Welcome into the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast, Season 5, Episode 11. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike, in studio. James Rapine, we tried him, but he is on assignment today as the Bengals are coming off the bye week, so he has chosen to take the bye on this uh, episode. Mm. We'll talk some Bengals coming off the bye and the NFL, lots of storylines from Sunday's games, some college football in Segment 2 where somehow UC does what it's supposed to do and then some and still goes backwards in the rankings. In Segment 3, high school football, where Ohio trudges on to a conclusion, and Kentucky may not finish whatsoever. Mm. We'll see how that goes. Let's start in segment one, where the Bengals are coming off the bye, Tony. Uh, kind of the news of the bye week was the two positive COVID tests. It was revealed uh, because they were put on the COVID reserve list, being Trey Waynes and, and Fred Johnson. Trey Waynes, uh, it doesn't affect the Bengals right. at this point because he wasn't coming back anytime soon from his training camp injury. But Fred Johnson, it probably does because... He was at least, again, in the mix to start at right tackle. Still, maybe, if he's cleared in time, could do that. How does this maybe affect, I guess, what they do this coming week? Or we might maybe know until until Wednesday. Yeah, I don't think you know until Wednesday because I don't think you know what meetings he was in and and how it possibly could affect anyone else. And look, for, for all purposes aside, when you go into the bye week, one of the questions I had was how does the offensive line get sorted out yeah, after I, the bye? That's the big interesting part for yeah, all of because us, Because right? your, your last game, which you won it's pretty good. against the Tennessee Titans, was good with a group that you didn't even start the season with. So that was my biggest question mark. And now there's this COVID question mark looming over Fred Johnson. The good news to this point is we haven't heard any more. Right. We haven't heard any further tests. And if there was a good time to be on a bye, it's a, it, it's a perfect time right? because the players are separated from each other. And granted, they can't travel and do the stuff they would normally in a bye. But if, if a bye week could come at a perfect time, it would be this for the Bengals right now. Yeah, and I will say, for those that maybe don't know, um, and this question was asked of Zach Taylor, and I did not know that the players could not leave during the bye because they have to still get tested daily. Right. And I think maybe this proves that that's probably in this year. It sucks for the players because they want to get away. They Some of them don't live in this area. They want to go home. But I think it shows that this is probably the right thing to do because who knows if you let them go elsewhere right. and come back, you get eight, ten cases maybe this week. I mean, who's to say if, if Fred Johnson on the bye week was planning to go somewhere with a group of other guys on the team? Right. And right. that's why you, you kind of nip this when you can. Yeah. So as much as it, it's bad, and, and look, when, when I played in Carolina, that that's when you when you got to the bye week, that was a, a big time. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, I, it's funny because we did Zoom interviews this week on Monday, which is a normal Monday for us, yep. and we had a Wednesday, which wasn't normal because we didn't have a Zach Taylor count, but we had players. I'm telling you, I can remember going to those locker rooms on that Wednesday, and you're lucky to grab a guy because right. when they come off that field from the walkthrough on Wednesday, right. they're getting out of town, they're and traveling. I don't blame, no, nobody blames right. them for that. So yeah. it, it, it is. It, it's a big difference, but it also provides that little bit of a reset for this team. Uh, who's coming off playing their best football of the yep. year to now look ahead at, at what's next. Um, you, you, you touched on the offensive line and how it's going to shake down in the second half, or at least in, the, in this opening game. You know, they didn't put Bobby Hart on IR, so he's at least, I, I, it depends on how, where he is, he still may not be ready to play this week, but you figure he's back in the mix. you got to figure, you, pray, you, you paid Trey Hopkins for a reason, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that he was playing poorly, he just got a concussion and he'll probably be back. Uh, left guard now has an extra candidate with Quentin Spain. I don't think B.J. Finney probably fits into the mix to be a starter, but he's in the mix as well. You got Xavier Suafilo on his way back. You got Jonah Williams coming back. You got the Identity Kid playing a pretty good game at left yeah. tackle. 
in a perfect world, if I were to say, Tony, I'm going to have you put him up on the board, how do you shake? And Michael Jordan's coming back, too, from, yeah. from his, uh, his illness. Um, all of this could have been avoided if they made some moves at the deadline. Maybe. Which, which they didn't. Um, if, if Jonah's healthy, he's obviously my left tackle. Correct. Um, if Trey Hopkins is healthy, he's my center. All right, so where do we go from there? And other than that, um, I would give Quentin Spain another look. At left guard. At left guard. Because I feel like this team, they, they moved the ball well. They, they ran it well when Giovanni Bernard got touches. And, and he did it with little preparation. Say, he did that from not playing in the previous weeks and not even having a practice with the Bengals. So, outside of that, if Bobby Hart's back, then you go Bobby. Uh, if Adenogy is comfortable with moving to on, right onto the right side, then you give him a chance there. So, um this all is compounded by the fact you're playing the Steelers. Yes. Who arguably have the best defensive line in football. And are going to come off of a week in which they just had the proverbial letdown game of letdown right. games and are going to be yep. angry because of it. Right. They're playing at home and they're hearing the same thing. Well, this Joe Burrow guy and, and, and they want to come out and improve something as well. So to me, the the right guard is the question I have on on who is going to take that spot over and who's going to – I mean, is Michael Jordan capable of, of moving to right guard? Do they want to try to switch someone? Could Spain move to right, right guard could, and Michael yeah, stays at left guard? Exactly. Spain, who's been in the league longer. Okay, let's put you at yeah, right I, and let's I, put Jordan I always, at left. I always think left tackle, right tackle are two different guys. Yeah, guard Although, although some be. guys say they're fine either way. Most guards will tell you it doesn't really make a whole yeah. lot of difference for them. Any of that interior stuff, usually guard to guard, most yeah. of those guys can handle. But what I think would be interesting that they could do is they can very well go – Series to series. Right. And I'm not saying that you're looking over your shoulder, but if, if you give up, if, if you blow your assignment or you have a, a big holding call, guess what? You're coming out. Yeah. And you put a little bit more onus into these offensive linemen who know, okay, if man, if, if I do that again, I'm, I'm done. And then Alex Redmond comes in. And who, you know, so on one hand, you've got guys that are staying ready because they think they're going to get an opportunity. And two, You've got competition now with your starters that know, look, i got to bring it every snap. Yep. I can't have Jadavion Clowney run right through the middle untouched. I can't have T.J. Watt come untouched and hit Joe Burrow on the blind side and cause a fumble. And now you have that ownership, and I think that changes guys a little bit in how they prepare. As we, as we move into the second half, is the Steeler game a – is it the – Right way to start this second half with a litmus test, or would you rather to have them play a Washington or a Giants to build a little more confidence? No, I want to see where they're at um, because of how they played against Tennessee. If we if we look at the show three or four weeks ago, this was a game I was dreading. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. Joe Burrow, no, they're no going yeah. to have one win coming out of the bye. Now they won, and now, yes, Pittsburgh's going to refocus, but they showed a couple flaws yesterday. Um, and Ben keeps getting nicked up here. Ben's getting nicked up. Their running game hasn't been dominant. Hasn't, been, hasn't really been that good. For whatever all. reason, they they have their linebackers cover slot receivers a lot instead of playing up to the yeah, line. Yeah, I think on the touchdown pass to um, to C D Lamb, yeah. I think it was Watt was actually right. covering him down the field. Which is which is a little weird. And then I look at okay, well, the Bengals arguably that's their best receiving right. slot, the slot with Tyler Boyd. So now I'm I'm I've switched gears to say, you know what? I want to see Burrow coming off a bye, and I want to see where this team is. Is it Tennessee just played really bad and maybe aren't what anyone thinks they are? Or the Bengals Did are they make are, strides. The Bengals are making strides. And you know, if you if you look at the first half, Burrow's worst game by far was Baltimore. Yeah. The, the, the first time around. Yeah. Because they did what? They were able to pressure, show him a lot of different looks. How much did he grow from that? 
How much did he change? How much did the offense grow from that? Yes. How much did Zach Taylor grow from that? Yes, and I think another one of those areas to watch is what they do at the running back slot. How much does Joe Mixon play in his first game back? Because, like, I'm, I'm not saying— And health could still be an right. issue there. I, I would say it's probably not. We're now another week removed right. from the injury. I would think that health is probably out of the equation, but yeah. Yeah, and he tweeted something. out, I think, yesterday, I can't wait to yeah, get I need right. to get back out there. But the last two weeks without him, say what you want, the offense has flowed a lot better. And talked about it a little bit last week, Zach Taylor. I don't feel like Zach Taylor's pressured to run at any certain time or a certain amount of times. And I think they've played better. Giovanni Bernard's better at picking up blitzes. He's better at helping the offensive line. So the, the offensive line in that running back situation, I want to see how that's split, and I want to see how that goes going forward in a game where you're now not trying to just survive, but you're trying to compete and, and figure out a way to beat this team who – You've not beaten Pittsburgh since what? Uh, November. It's been Pittsburgh's won the last nine, dating back yeah. to that crazy playoff game. So yeah. in fifteen, in the end of the fifteen right. season. So yeah. So if you want to take any steps forward, it obviously starts this week. Yeah. Heading into the second half, what what are you most looking forward to? The progression of of Joe Burrow, as as great as he's been. I mean, you you hear last week on national radio shows, and they're talking him. Being a top three quarterback in the AFC, I will say I put a story up that I get I get these odds every week from BetOnline.ag, and they're always looking for me to promote the yeah. website. But they do a pretty good job of of you know at least showing you something you can turn into a story right. like the Bengals win odds, Joe Burrow rookie of the year odds. He he moved from being second choice to tied, yep. and for the first time MVP. all year he got MVP odds. Well, if you look at Dominic Foxworth talked about this last week. If you look at MVP, it's the most valuable player for your team. He, he made a case for Joe Burrow. And there, as, as that, right. He said, now I'm not going to tell you he's going to win the MVP of the league. Right. But, but he's he made taking those strides. And he's he's a guy that elevates everyone around him. I mean, as good as that game against Tennessee was, the pass blocking grades weren't great. But yeah, he masked a lot of that. I, I guess. I, but I, I never felt like he was under a ton of duress. There were times. I mean, obviously the one crazy Yeah, but was, I think a lot of that, too, is his decision-making, yeah, how quick he gets the ball out. Pre-snap read. Pre-snap reads. He's now changing plays at the line of scrimmage. Changing protections, maybe. Yep. He's, he's, he's so advanced on, on that stage that I want to see the, the evolution. How, how good can he be as a rookie? Because usually they take that next step, rookie to, to second year. Right. And that's where you saw Lamar Jackson grow the most. Patrick Mahomes grew the most. So that's exciting if you're a Bengal. And then you speak of odds and betting. I think their win total now is four and a half. It's actually gone down from right. five and a half to four. They, they only, basically, they only have them winning two games the rest of the way. I right. just don't see that. They have five games, games that they should either be favored or they should be close to being yeah. favored in. Um, and, and, I mean, who knows with Miami right now? Miami's playing extremely playing well. Really well. Tua looks great. Uh, but – if you're telling me that this team hits the under, then I'm telling you that Zach Taylor needs to be evaluated. Yes. Because yeah. this team, with the schedule left, two against Pittsburgh, one against Baltimore, and then it's uh, they have a combination of Washington, New York, Dallas, uh, Houston, Miami, and Houston. Houston. Yeah. Should win three of those. Yes. Uh, if you've watched these other teams play. So I'd like to see that. And then finally, it, it equates to this week. For years with Marvin Lewis – Marvin would come into this week and say, it's just another week. Yeah, well. It's just another week. And what would Mike Tomlin do? It's not another week. It's a Bengals, rivalry it's game. Rivalry game yeah. It's a Bengals game. And every year, same year, same thing, they had more intensity. They brought more to the table. I want to see if that changes now with Joe Burrow at the lead and Zach Taylor coming in. Does, does, does this team take this as a different week? Or is it, well, everything's status quo. We're going to come in and, and prepare the same way because we've seen that doesn't work. And it hasn't worked for nine straight games now. So I want to see them match intensity with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Question marks for the second half. Or Mark, maybe it's only um, Mark. I've got two. I think 
can the defense hold up with the bend but don't break mold yeah, that yeah, they and, used? And, and mine's off, ponying off that a little bit. Can you generate pass rush, right. more pass rush? Because right. you haven't done it to this point. Yeah, they, they, They've not got to a quarterback with a four-man rush. They're on pace for 22 sacks. It'd be tied for the third <laughs> lowest in team history. They're on, yeah, they're, they're on that pace. And then, I mean, even Tennessee, they had 441 yards. They just struggled yeah, in the red zone. Right. And I get like, hey, let's be really good at one thing. How long can that hold up? For a team, yeah, because because you need to then get make a big third and three stop, and right. you got to make a, an interception in the end zone, or you got to have a penalty knock the other team out. Right, that's asking for a lot. Yeah, and then my other quote on the offense side of the ball is, as much as we've talked about him, can you protect Joe Burrow yeah. for eight more games? Yeah, was this a, was this more of a one off, or did we now find that Akeem Adeniji can right. play? That Fred Johnson's best position is right tackle. Right. Um, that Quentin Spain is a nice find. That's yeah. a lot of ifs. The Bengals have done a good job of getting themselves in third and manageables. What happens against Pittsburgh when they're in third some third and longs? Yes. What happens when Pittsburgh in the secondary comes up and says, look, Go by us. we're, we're going we're gonna to take away this short intermediate game because Joe Burrow is so good at it right now, and which one, means – And the one thing he's not done well, if there's a flaw – Down the field. Is he's not, and they haven't had a lot of down the field And I've been surprised that teams haven't made him do that I, I'm yet. I'm with you. It seems like there's been a lot of easy stuff yeah. underneath. I don't think it'll be easy this week. So let's see how the line can hold up two, three, three and a half seconds in protection – against a really good defensive front. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the NFL, where today we are broadcasting live from the wherever Carlos Dunlap goes, losses follow studio. Um, I, I want to start with Tampa Bay, because mm. they're the, they're probably the one that was the most alarming for all of us. And it's not just adding the Antonio Brown, but I, I would ask you this. I don't know if you were on a team that ever had that circumstance. You weren't in the league a long time. But if you're on a team that's playing pretty good football, and you feel like you got some pretty good weapons, and... You've you've had a bunch of time now to time things up. I don't know how much of the game you watch. I know yeah. you watch a lot of football, um, and and that was the lone game on. I mean, they obviously Tom Brady and Antonio Brown were not even close on the same page at all. And then you bring this guy in, and yeah, I know he's kind of a mercurial talent, and all that. I don't know the interview but, but, he did felt really forced. But but yeah yeah it was yeah weird. yes it was weird yes. But it feels like you might have messed up a good thing with this guy. Or was Tampa already trending in a bad direction with their last few games? The Bear game didn't play very yeah. well. The Giants game, they didn't play very well. I thought the Giants game was just a complete look ahead. It was not. Yeah. They're, they're not playing very well. This is a team that four weeks ago was one of the favorites. Yes. Was dominating. Defense was dominating. I he was throwing four touchdown right. passes a game. I think there is such a thing as too many weapons. I do, too. And from – from playing the quarterback position, you get into this lull of trying to get everyone involved. And if you're Tampa and you have Jones, Leonard Fournette, Gronk, Godwin, Evans, and now Antonio Brown, you cannot keep everybody happy. No. And I know from experience and I know from watching this game for a long time that those receivers when they always think they're open. When they when they start going a quarter or two quarters, I mean Mike Evans has been silent. And Mike Evans is one of the top guys in the game. Uh-huh. How long does he stay quiet? Right. How long does he say, you know what? Screw this. I should be getting X amount of touches. And then Godwin, I should be getting this many touches. And Gronk has handled it well to this point. Hey, I'm a blocking tight end. But you know Gronk wants to get involved. Antonio Brown surely wants to get you his touches. believe it. And you got two really good running backs that should get touches. So They ran the ball five times last yeah. night. Five. It is, it is to me, it, too many weapons. You have too many guys, and, and I know Tom Brady's the best to ever do it, or, or one of the best to ever do it. You cannot spread the ball around that much. That, that's my other question then, too. Is he, start, is he starting to finally show the age? I think so. I don't even know the receiver they had last week that, had, that led him in receiving. 
But I'm saying that's Is it Scotty Miller, I think? It might have been. Yeah. But that's because Tom Brady's just reading things yes, out. Yes, right. He's not reading. Now, he's trying to, okay, let's, we got to try to get him in. He did it with Antonio Brown. Oh, the ball down the sideline. Right. Antonio stops on the not route. Because he, he thought he was going to he was gonna yeah. check up, and, and Tom thought he was going. And, and it looks like, why add this piece now? Right. I don't. I'm not ready to say that he's taking the step back because early in the year and midway through the year he was still playing at a high level. Yeah. I just think it's a new system, and now they're adding pieces, and I think there's too many pieces and there's too many parts going on, which if you add what Tampa did last night to Green Bay losing to Minnesota the week before to um, Seattle giving up 44 to Buffalo, like who's the best team in the NFC right now? That's a great question. Uh, honestly, it might be Minnesota, and they've piled up so many losses right. that it may be too, already out too late. Right? Uh, they're not already, yet, but they're close. They're they're, they're you know they're three. I mean, and five. Arizona's fun to watch. Yeah, but they they've, but they they've lose lost, the, Yeah, they've lost two home games they shouldn't lose. Yep. So. I mean, New Orleans, when the season started, that was everyone's pick. Maybe they're figuring it out. They're six and two. It's a quiet six and two because all I've all you keep hearing is Drew Brees can't do this. Yeah. Drew Brees. Michael can't do Thomas that. came back last night. They're they gonna, Emmanuel back Sanders in. is yeah. back. Um, they're using Taysom Hill really like. Sean Payton with Taysom Hill, when you have him in, you know you're getting cover zero, and now they're running crossing routes. Yes. I mean, their their offense, when it clicks like it did last night and they get the defensive performance, who's to say they're not the favorite in the NFC? So, um, with with what happened with San Francisco's injuries, the NFC is wide open. It is. It, 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 and that's where, honestly, if Minnesota can make a run to a wild card right. and Cousins can play at the level, and obviously Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook has been a machine, um, they're probably way behind the eight ball at three and five, but could you finish six and two and sneak one of those extra yes. wild cards out? Maybe, yes. yeah, maybe. So, um, in the AFC, I, I've not been a big believer in Buffalo, and I don't know if yesterday changes my mind because Josh Allen went through a stretch where he was great, and then went yeah. through a stretch where he was awful, and then yesterday went through a part of the game where he was great, and then went through part of the game where he wasn't very good. Dunlap I, effect. I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, there's something to that. Like, Car- Carlos, all I know is. He had a good stat line. He did. He had five tackles, one <laughs> sack. But, uh, you know, he also was on a defense that allowed 44 points. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, you know, you get some of the blame for that. I like the fact he's wearing number 43. Yeah. I couldn't pick him out for a while. I, I thought he took 90 for some reason. I thought somebody said he took number or No, somebody already had nine, but he took like 91 yeah. or something. I was looking. All, all of a sudden, I saw 43. I thought, what the? 43? Mm-hmm. Okay, I get, I get you. I'm noting you. Know, I know there was a significance behind it. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, Kansas City – Obviously, is is still clearly tops just because they're scoring thirty on anybody whenever they feel like it. I mean, Carolina had a nine minute drive to start the game. They kept the ball away from Pat Mahomes, and Pat Mahomes still rolled up thirty three. And that included a last series where they tried to just get a first down and run out the clock and didn't uh, push the ball down no. the field. I still look at their offense and go, I don't think it's hit its peak, and it's still unstoppable. They ran a play yesterday where Patrick Mahomes went in motion. I saw down by the goal the line. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then he, he came he back. He reverse pivoted back. And while he was running, caught the snap yes. and reverse pivoted. Yeah, that was incredible. I mean, what they, they're just they're, they're so fun to watch because of what Andy Reid can do. Now, now you got pieces to play with to do it. Yeah, but defensively, they go through some laws. Yes, they do. Um, but offensively, Patrick Mahomes right now, is on pace to throw for more than 4,800 yards, 44 touchdowns, and two interceptions. That's crazy. And it feels like not many people outside of Kansas City are even talking about it. I know that. That's a, it is funny. And maybe it's like, because we, that's what we, are we expect of him. Are we already expecting a we guy are. to throw for almost 5,000 yards? Because he makes it look so easy. Almost 50 touchdowns and throw two interceptions? Yeah, no, that's incredible. It's, it's crazy. And they watch. I watched that game yesterday. He gets more people to jump with his snap. No count. doubt. They yep. get more free plays. And everyone knows. And, and with the was, Cookie Monster voice. It was funny 
Because at the start of the game yesterday, they said, okay, if you want to stop Kansas City, you can't let Tyreek Hill get on top, and you got to stay attached to Travis Kelsey. And they, neither and they, both, have, they <laughs> both have over 100 yards receiving. And, and he missed Tyreek Hill on a couple yes. of deep crossers, too. And so it's like, okay, so Andy Reid knows what they're trying to take away and can still get both of them open as much as he wants. Oh, by the way, they got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell to toy around with, with whatever they want to do in the backfield. And in space. Yes. And they were a team yesterday that, okay, Carolina's going to load the box. We'll throw the whole game. Yep. Like, so, to me, Kansas City, clear-cut number one. Still not so. Uh, it still feels like something's off with Baltimore. See, now I, I was going to go the now opposite. Their second with that. half. I, I was going to go with that. The opposite of that. That to me was a was a real gut check win for them. Their second half, yes. But I just I, I feel like Lamar's not. He's not sharp yet. There's no. I mean, I, there was a couple. He ran an option play where he tried to cut it up and yep. didn't look speedy. Now he did make a run for a first down on a third and six. I think that was a drive that ended in a touchdown in the second half where he got on the perimeter. And I thought a guy had the angle. I thought, yeah. man, if he's going to get run down, then he's something's wrong. And he outran the guy look, to the marker. But he still doesn't look like the guy that yeah. they they don't involve him as much in in the in the designed run game right. as they have, and I think that's by design yeah. because he's not right. They, I mean, they lose Staley for the year on the yeah. on the offensive line. Calais Campbell went down with an injury yesterday. They didn't have Humphreys because of COVID, so they dealt with a lot that uh, this previous that's, yeah. week. So their second half was impressive, and but but again, the same way I talk about the NFC. Yes, Pittsburgh's undefeated. They didn't shine yesterday against a Dallas team that yeah, had no business. Let's go there. Is, is that mostly? And you know, you know, yeah, how sports I think go sometimes you just you can't bring it for sixteen right. weeks. You just can't. And who you're playing? And yes. You you at the in the back of your mind, like okay, we can turn it but on. I, but I do think we talked about the start. There are some flaws. Yes. You know, Ben's getting dinged around. Yes. Back to back weeks, he's gone in, into the locker room. To, the, they, they've talked about watching on the sideline where they're rubbing down that elbow and. Listen, he's done a great job to this point, and it's 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 kind of miraculous. But he's also an older guy, mm-hmm. and it's a surgically repaired elbow. And you're talking about, you know, practices and 16 games and hits and throwing the ball 25, 30 times a yeah. game. Stuff gets cumulative after a it's while. Felt like his whole career, though, because I'm, I'm watching along on social media, and it's like he's dead. Big Ben is dead. Big Ben's getting looked down on the sideline. Then I turn it on, he throws a touchdown. Yeah. It's like, okay, now Big Ben's going to the locker room. But then you he comes tell, back out. That, that second half, he was not going no, to move. They, no. And maybe that's a, that's for the Bengals now. Look and go, let's go get him because well, he can't move. I mean, Phillip Rivers can't move either. Well, and the Bengals didn't go get him. So That's a, a legit point. That's a legit <laughs> let's, call. Let's be honest with that. But, uh, I mean, outside of that, in the AFC, it, it's kind of an open because I'm not sold on Tennessee or Indy. No. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm I, not sold on Buffalo. Miami's playing great they're football. They're playing great. They are. They're playing great complimentary football. Yeah. Last week, last week they had one of those great stats of all time that teams were like 148 and 2 and they got outgained by as much as Miami got outgained and won. And the question was, "Oh boy, Tua, he, they throw him in too quickly." because um, his stat line last week wasn't very yeah. good. Then this week, past week it was, was it was a shootout with Kyler Murray and he was out, outstanding. Yeah, which again, Bad on you, NFL, for not having that as the game I get to watch. I know. Instead of Dallas. Yeah, it's America's team, but, as you as you may know. Yep. In case you're wondering. Um, but no, it's I mean, now we we're getting it. Now we're into it. We're into the second half of the season, yep. and yep. Um, it, it's time for teams to kind of start separating that separation. And I, I, that's right. I feel Kansas City has done it just enough. Yeah. And plus, they did it last year, so it's it's not like this is some surprise out of nowhere group, right? right. This is the Super Bowl champs, yep. who really haven't taken much of a step it's backwards they're at all. Eight and one, right? They had a, a, a hiccup to to, to Vegas, the Raiders, or yeah, and you know it, they're eight and one. I don't care what you say yeah. at this point, and Pittsburgh's undefeated, yeah. so I don't care how they got there. I don't care what it's looked like, and that makes every game now important because if the playoffs stay as they are, there's one bye. 
yeah, because yeah, because of right. how it is. If they if technically they ex- Pittsburgh would have the buy. Right. If the they AAC expand, and, it's a different story. Yeah. But I mean, Pittsburgh now is looking at Baltimore, looking at uh, Kansas City each week, right? Okay, we got to keep pace. We got to keep pace, and I guarantee that Mike Tomlin does not let his team overlook the Bengals like they overlooked Dallas. All right, you had a great stat line on Pat Mahomes. I got a great stat line on Justin Fields when we continue to talk some college football. And UC does what it's supposed to do. Oh somehow boy. goes backwards Don't in the polls. Here. But I got a path. I've got a path for him, Tony. Mm. That's all I can tell you. Mm. We'll continue. We got high school football was well ahead. It's the Angry Quarterbacks podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. The real quarterback, Tony Pike of Reading High School, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame, of course, in studio. James Rapine has taken the bye week off. Um, interesting story from the Bengals as uh, we were just in the break there, and, and it popped in my emails. We're doing this on, on Monday morning. They were supposed to have practice today. It was going to be a light practice. Yeah. It's a Monday. Monday's usually not a practice day in the NFL. It's usually a watch the tape, lift weights, body maintenance day after a game. After the bye week, they use it as an extra walkthrough day. But because of the COVID situation last week, they're going to take today off and and rejigger mm-hmm. the week. I'm going to guess they'll just treat this then as a normal week starting Wednesday yeah. forward. So I guess that will make sense. Yeah, but, probably smart. And they yeah. can they can still install and do some yes, stuff right. virtually. Yeah, so. yeah, you can do a lot of stuff on just, they did all yeah. that stuff in the offseason in Zoom. Just so probably being safe yeah, at this nah, point. Makes sense to me. Right, let's talk some college football, Tony. And, and before we get to UC, because it angers me as well, and I'm not even a graduate. Um, I'm a fan, I guess, because I live here. But um, you have much more of a tie to the to the program than I do. Um, crazy stat I saw in Justin Fields. This is incredible to me. I don't know if you saw this stat or not. Justin Fields has thrown 11 touchdowns. That's not the crazy stat. Mm-hmm. Crazy stat is he's thrown 11 touchdowns in three games and 11 incompletions in three games. Yeah. 70, 72 of 83. Now, as a quarterback, you know, you watch him enough. It ain't all dink and dunk. That, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing air. I guarantee this. I'm not sure I could go out on air with a Nerf ball and go 72 of 83, throwing swing right. passes to my friend. Right. Well, the wind would probably get the The wind would probably the get the Nerf ball. It's a good point. No, it, it, it's one of the craziest stat lines, and um, it, it's why Justin Fields is far and above right now, should be the favorite for Heisman. Yeah, and, and Tanner Lawrence probably has caught, or Trevor Lawrence yeah. probably cost himself with the, with the uh, COVID. Trevor Lawrence, I don't, I mean, but why is he on the sideline? It's, it's weird, and I know, like, if you test a certain I, way, like, it's just, I know, but it's, it's just weird. not a good visual. No, I mean, I would say if you're when he's got guy. when he's like pulling his mask back to talk yes. to people, I'm like, what are we doing? God, <laughs> it, it, it ain't the best. Yeah, um, uh, I, I will start with Ohio State just because I talked about Justin Fields. I, I, they're obviously the best team in the Big Ten, in my opinion, and and their their path. Not Michigan. Their path, no, and and uh, you better watch out, Luke Fickle fans. <laughs> I'm just warning you. Penn State? Uh, Is um, it Penn State? It's not Penn State either. Wow. You know what? That guy bugs. James Franklin bugs me. Yeah, I, I'm kind of glad they're losing. It doesn't hurt me to see them 0-3. It, it doesn't hurt me either. It stuns me that they're 0-3. Um, he, you know, here's, here's the rest of the schedule for Ohio State, and, and this does not include the Big Ten Championship game. At Maryland, which to their oh. credit, they're awful, but they've won a couple games. Yeah. This one might be interesting, although, again, offensively, no. they're better. Indiana at home. No. I'm with you. The only thing that's an Achilles heel a little Sleeper. bit at this point is this. It, it, here's, here's the only thing I'm going to say. Ohio State's defense. They gave up a lot to Rutgers. Isn't dominant. The, the, the punt return that Rutgers had was just out. Yeah. And the Cowboys ran the same throw across the field yesterday. At Illinois, at Michigan State and Michigan, they're running the table. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any debate about that. Yeah, not even close. Who will they play in the Big Ten Championship will be the question. Yeah, exactly. Because right now, like, Wisconsin's not going to be there. 
They're going to be two and zero Wisconsin versus nine and zero Ohio State or eight and zero Ohio State. That would be something. Wouldn't Man, it? I mean, and and I'll give give credit. Uh, Peyton Ramsey at Northwestern's been great. He has but been But those great. teams are just on a level down. No question. From from what Ohio no, yeah, State no is, question. no question. And Ohio State really hasn't been asked. To no, and that's where you know I. I those, okay, you got it. We, we need you to score this drive. They're, they've been in cruise control. Even from the, the Penn start. State game, right? I mean, they dominated that game for for. It, the it's weird because it was like a, a multiple score game, and you still felt like it was still a game. Yes, but it really, it re- it really never wasn't. was. Because no, you're right. I think they can just say we're going right. to score this drive, and that's going to be that. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get let's hop to UC, where the Bearcats. Um, Play play Houston um, just snuck by him right. Yep, thirty eight to ten. Yeah, that's a was was the score squeaked by. So I'm going to go through this stretch of the schedule for the University of Cincinnati. At the time ranked SMU, Memphis, which people know, they were twenty six. If yeah, that matters, yeah, it matters to me. It's and Army was top twenty five early. Yeah, in I'm just going to go through these last yep. three games though. Yeah, I'm not, and those goes wins are all good, but the last three games ranked SMU on the road, close to being ranked Memphis and Houston. I don't think Houston's great, but still they did what you're supposed to do against a team like that. In those three games, UC outscored them by a combined 129 to 33. Not beat them by a combined 67 61 and went, boy, good for you to keep staying unbeaten and keep your hopes alive. They dominated. They dominated two, in my opinion, really good teams. Not great. I'm not jumping to the SMU is great or Memphis is great, but two really good teams and at least a middle of the road ish team in Houston and dominated. And yet, go backwards in the rankings, thanks to Texas A&M's victory over South Carolina, which is just awful. Here's here's what I don't get. So, the UC's dominant in those games, right? Yep. And I know that, that A&M is getting credit for the win over Florida, um, 41-38 on a last-second field goal. But here's some of the other wins for A&M this year. You ready for them? Mm-hmm. 17-12 over Vandy. Wow. How many wins Vandy got? Wow. How many wins Vandy got? Couldn't tell you. Zero? I mean, zero. Thank you. Zero. 28-14 over Mississippi State. Which, at the time, it looked like that win over LSU was great. In retrospect, it was not for Mississippi State. And Mississippi State's other win, you know who's over? Bandy. Bandy. Okay, so 28-14. to 14, Beat a middle-of-the-road Arkansas. It improved Arkansas, mm-hmm. but a middle-of-the-road Arkansas, 42-31. to 31. And one of their, their only loss to Alabama, and they got their teeth kicked in, 52-24. Look, it, it's, it's apples and oranges, because I can't tell you that I think UC's better than A&M, and I can't tell you that I think A&M is better than UC. But I don't know what AM has done to jer- de- deserved to jump UC. Right. Um, people give a, a ton of love to BYU. Yeah, I'm going to get to them in a second because I got a comparative score the, for you. But but the Houston played BYU. Yes, that's a comparative score. And that game was 26 21. Houston after Correct. three. And they ended up losing BYU they had a meltdown. 26. They had a meltdown. Yes. But, Skinny, you mentioned it, it hasn't just been. I mean, you want to talk about beating someone, it's been dominating teams. Dominant. It's not last year at South Florida. South Florida's up at the half, and you've got to come squeak by in the second half. Des Ritter has 13 touchdowns accounted for in his last 10 quarters. Jared Dokes has been fantastic. They have one of the best punters in the country. And then defensively, Shane Buchel at SMU is number one in the country, all conferences in passing yards. Brady White in Memphis is number five. Those those, teams, those guys scored 23 combined points. Those teams scored 23 combined points, and Brady White had 92 on one play. On the screen. On a screen. He really didn't have it. Whoever caught right. the screen did. They had yeah. negative rushing yards going into the last drive of the game. Houston, the game was never competitive. Yeah, other than the, the kickoff out of bounds gave them right. life, and they, they drove down and scored. And then what did UC do? Comes what a good right team back. does. Comes right back. Yep. So I look at all of those stats, and then I take this into account. The defense, fifth in the country. 
total defense. They're third if you take away two teams that have played one game that somehow yes. get counted in that, st- in that they, category. They scoring margin, too, I looked it up. Scoring margin as well, you see among teams that have played more than one game, because Wisconsin's scoring margin's higher. Right. I think Western Michigan's is higher. There's a couple teams that have played one game. You see scoring margin is the highest in the country. Yes. Um, they're fifth in pass efficiency defense. They're seventh in interceptions, 10th versus the run, 12 in yards allowed. And what I like the most, out of all the teams that UC has played, those teams average 30 points a game together. UC has given up an average of 11.7 11. 11. Yes. points per game. And thanks to a 92-yard screen thrown right. into the mix. that They right. messed up. It, right. it happens. And so, and, and Austin P scored garbage late with yeah, a bunch and I of think subs I, in. I think anybody realizes that part so of it, yes. my question is, how do you take a team like that who has passed every eyeball test? Yes. And they don't win with gimmicks. They're not winning these games 38-34. Uh, no, they're dominant. 43-38. And it's one thing to dominate an opponent, and you're like, you right. had it that day, they didn't. This is They just beat two of the best teams in their conference, one of which they may face in the championship game, um, and dominated them in, in a row. Right. What else are you supposed to do? Right. Here's, here's, my, here's my only hope going forward. Because when you looked at the rankings this week, the thing that worried me... I just can't believe A&M and Florida both... Florida does pass the eyeball test, and yeah, honestly... But, but, but you, you, you hiccuped. You yep. hiccuped at A&M. And you should be penalized for that. My, yes. My concern is that the AP poll has already started down this path... Yes. ...of putting teams ahead that don't belong. So, what happens? We're not four weeks from now, and UC sitting there at three or four, and then pressure comes. Because I got news for and see, you. And I thought where UC sat last week, and I said it on an interview with Chad Brendel, who was filling in for, for Mo Egger last yeah. week on 1530, I thought, man, UC Chad is in the right spot where they're not going to go backwards if they lose. And we all realize if they lose, they don't deserve to be in right. at that point. So I, I thought they'd position themselves properly, but here we go. Yep. And now you can see the next week coming. Let's just say UC does throw in one of those weeks. I don't think they will. Not this week. Not this week. But let's just say they do. And then BYU puts up another impressive win. Right. Do they go behind BYU at that point? And then, then you start looking, okay, who's that? Miami's behind BYU. Yeah. and Because it's ridiculous. no matter what you say, where's all the money come from for the college football playoffs? Power five. Power five. They're going to do everything they can. So, for me, it's like, you know, when UCF was going on their run, they were, they were scoring a lot of points. But their defense wasn't dominant, and they weren't. They had to keep creeping up. Right, UC was solidified. It We're already like to sitting there. Sixth. We're already sitting there, and they play like it. They don't play with gimmicks. They dominate teams. They take. They took Army's option option away and didn't even give up an offensive touchdown to Army. They had one defensive touchdown given up. They are one of the most complete teams in college football. Eyeball test or not, watch other watch other games, watch these other teams, and say, you know what. UC would get outmatched. And I also don't want to hear this argument of, well, if they make it to the playoff anyway, they'll just get blown out. Because I've watched Ohio I've watched State I've watched, get blown I've out. Oklahoma do it I've watched Notre Dame get blown right. out. I've watched Oklahoma get blown out. I don't want to hear any of that. So, looking ahead, Bama's going to be in. Ohio State's going to be in. Clemson now has a path. Worst, worst, has a path. It was the worst-case scenario. Yes. That Notre Dame scores in the last minute because now Trevor Lawrence comes back. Clemson beats Notre Dame in now, the final. I, I will say Notre Dame does have a game at North Carolina. Yes, and, that, and they're still at Wake, who's been yes. competitive this year. So they could still slip up. But here's the other thing. What if, by chance, Florida goes to the SEC title game and beats Alabama? Well, here's the other by chance, and this is going to really suck. You want to get really mad, more mad than that? If that happens mm-hmm. and Florida ends up beating Alabama? Right. Is the fact that A&M is on the same side as Alabama, they're in the same division, they have the following to finish out their season. They've got a tough one at the end, but it's still a plausible path. At Tennessee, yep. Ole Miss, LSU, at Auburn. 
They won't play in the SEC championship game in all likelihood. They will end up having one loss, and that one loss is to who? Right. Alabama. Already ahead of UC. Now, again, this is not the college football playoff rankings, but I think it's just a small indicator. It's setting itself up for that. That would really frost me. If somehow A&M gets in with the one loss, and the one loss is getting smacked by Alabama, what, what will you have proven? Right, you beat a good Florida team. I'll give you that. you got to beat somebody good along the way, I would hope. Right. But I can't tell you that they're more clear-cut than Cincinnati and undefeated Cincinnati, which is dominated. Right. Um, UC does have this going for them. After this week, they have three road games to finish the season. So they have a chance for a quality win against UCF. They have a chance for a quality win against Tulsa. Tulsa. And then the, and then the, and then the conference championship game. So they still have opportunities ahead of them. But what, is, that an, is that enough to impress right. the committee? That's the disappointing right, part because, to me. Right, because the last three weeks should have been enough to impress the committee, not drop. No question. My, my only concern to this point, and this was what Brian Kelly was really, really good at, Luke Fickle is very low-key. Yeah. He's very, we're not going to worry about any of that. We're going to play week to week. We're going to take care of business this week. At some but point, do you start ramping up the noise or do you create the noise towards the end? When, when, when you finish with I think the zero I think in the right if, hand if, if you beat UCF, I think you have to start ramping up the noise. Because as crazy as it sounds, that stuff does work sometimes. And it does go a long way instead of saying, hey, we're not worried about any of that. Yeah, we see what's going on. We deserve a seat at the table. Um, but that's really not Luke Fickle's way that he goes right, about things. Right. So I think it'll be interesting if they can go to UCF, who's averaging – I think like 600 and some yards they of total the na- offensive game. They lead the nation, game. I believe, yeah. Yeah. That'll be – I mean, that's the test. Um, but UC's crossed off the defensive side. Des Ritter's been great. Um, yeah, I just – to me, it's – it's it, they pass the eyeball test. I know right. that's never – that's a, such an intangible, right? My eyeball test is different than yours. And listen, I'm a big SEC fan. I think this year especially, when you're playing 10 full SEC games, that's a load. But – if you're losing a couple of games and you really you only if you're A and M you're only real marquee two marquee games you went one and one and got kicked in the teeth in the one you lost right I just can't tell you you deserve it over an undefeated Cincinnati that will have dominated its schedule right I can't tell you that yep and again UC can keep doing what it's doing I just don't know with what happened yesterday if it'll be enough all right so let me tie this into the Michigan situation and Luke Fickle and I'm not here to tell you that I'm trying to stir the pot but mm-hmm. it's going to be out there right. Um, the, the more that, that Michigan loses, and I think they're going to lose. I mean, they're at least going to lose to Ohio State. Yikes. They're, they, they're, not, they're not a good football team. This hasn't been fluky. I mean, they're just not a very good football team. Um, their quarterback isn't very good. They can't run it. Their secondary is a mess. Um, you know, they, they can't stop anybody. So if you're Luke Fickle and your team does what, let's just say they run the table, right, mm-hmm. and you've done everything you can do, and Michigan's going to come with more money, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, bigger job, all of those things. Despite the fact that, and I think you know him better than I do. I mean, despite the fact that it sounds like he loves the area. Yeah. He's making a good piece of change. UC's taking really good care of him. His family likes the area. His wife likes the area. And I think he really thinks he's building something special at UC, and he is, right? But if in this year you do all of this and you still don't get a seat at the table, right. when will you ever? Right, and that's the thing. Um, now, for Michigan itself... I don't think he would ever take the Michigan job. I don't either, just because but, of, but you know it's going to be out there, and because, you know his name is going right. to be right at the top of the list or damn near close to just it. Just because growing up here I know. and the Ohio State connection and now the Cincinnati. I'm with you. And I know there's bad blood because of the James Hudson situation. I would be more That's concerned. That's more bad blood with Harbaugh, I'd be I more think. concerned about like a Penn State that says. I think. I, I don't, it, I but don't. It's, it's interesting this year, among any other, because it's a perfect time for UC to do this because I don't think a lot of schools will be moving on from coaches I don't because either. of That's correct. financial situations. Agreed. 
Like you're, yeah, you're, the, you're the, in, the buyouts for some of these guys is so high that right. you just and you're can't in, do it. You're in schools. Then you buy out, and then you end up having to cut other sports. That's not right. going to be a good yeah, look. You're, you're cutting sports. You're cutting staff. But you're going to pay millions of dollars to fire this coach and then pay millions more to a new coach. Right. That logistically is not going to look good. So I think, I think UC is in a really good place. Um, I know Luke Fickle's son coming to UC next year helps. And let's be honest, as long as Marcus Freeman is sitting there behind him, and I hope that there's some kind of plan in place that whenever that day comes, Tag you're in. Marcus, you're the guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still we, think and we, they, and we saw that work with Kelly right. and, and D'Antonio. I still think they have that ability because, let's, let's be honest, they're dominating recruiting. I mean, they, they just signed their the, the highest ever rated defensive recruit. Um, they signed a four-star wide but, receiver. But what is his goal, in your opinion? What is his goal at Cincinnati? To win a championship. To win a championship. Mm-hmm. And again, in this year, if you do you can't all do the it things, this year. That, that's that's what I fear. Now, could we open it up to eight eventually? And, right. And the group of five. Although, best if, team if gets they didn't in, do it this year, I don't know when they would I'm do it. I'm with you. Yeah. So to me, I, I think there then becomes the listen. I'm building something special and. Outside of the area, we're never going to get a swing at this, and right. that that would leave a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I think you hold out hope that down the road a conference realignment happens, but how far down the road right. road would that be? So it's certainly interesting. I just don't think there's going to be as much of that talk this season because of the COVID dynamic on these universities. And I will be honest. I mean, I told you, you know, the best case scenario for Saturday was Florida beating Georgia, and I still believe that because I don't think Florida beats Alabama in the SEC right. championship game. In fact, I honestly think Florida will struggle with Kentucky in a couple of weeks. I think Kentucky gets a get-right game with Vandy this week. Mm-hmm. They're not beating Florida, in my opinion, but they'll have a puncher's chance to maybe pull off the upset. And Florida, again, already has the one loss. Yep. The team I fear, like I said, is A&M sneaking in with the one loss, the yep. one loss being to Bama. And then the worst-case scenario, the other part was Clemson. Clemson coming back and beating, beating Notre Dame. Beating Notre Dame. That, that, and that, that game would, being close. Yes. Said, okay, they both deserve a seat. Yeah, that would be unfortunate. Yep. Very unfortunate. All right, when we continue, we'll talk some high school football where there's a state champion that will be crowned in Ohio on Friday. And Already. Some other teams heading to the state championship game with semifinal rounds. And will Kentucky play or not? It's the Angry Quarterbacks podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner, only on Local12.com on the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com on the Local12 News app. Welcome into the final segment of the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local12 and Local12.com. James Rapine from SI.com taking the bye week seriously. But we'll see him back here next next week to, to cut this podcast. And Tony Pike, the real quarterback. We talked some college football in the last segment. Segment one, we talked some Bengals and looking ahead after the bye and some NFL. This segment, let's talk some high school football, Tony, where uh, we are in the championship round in Division One in Ohio. Uh, Friday night at uh, Fortress Obits. So I don't even know. It's, I don't even, is it Fortress Obit Stadium or just Fortress the Fortress Obits? It's weird when you just leave it hanging like that. That's what you're I was waiting for. Something. I'm waiting for a field or a stadium yeah. or something. Fortress or arena? Yeah, the fort. fort the, yeah, the fort. The fort. Um, Saint Xavier will take on Pickerington Central. This is a Pickerington Central team that um, I know they were on national TV to start the season off. I know our friend Tom Gamble knows their head coach Jay Sherritt really well. I know Jay, and he's always got a great program. Always got dudes. Uh, it's a it's probably a tall task for Saint X. Their offense. Has has sputtered. sputtered the last two weeks, but the, I guess the 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 nice part would be then you say, yeah, but they're playing complimentary football because what happened? Their defense, defense bailed them out great. of both weeks. Right? Springfield's offense is is good, really good. Yeah, good athletic quarterback, some good receivers that can just fly on the outside. Um, look, good teams find ways to win ugly, and they find ways to win games sometimes. And for Saint X, look, don't take anything away from Lakota West defense because that was a really good Absolutely. defense. Correct. 
Um, and Springfield's always and, got really good athletes. And you wonder and if maybe there was coach. a little bit of a hangover from that West game where the offense kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit. So you do got to do a lot to get prepared and get your offense back on track because I do think Pickerington has the ability to score. they got a really good receiver that's one of the best in the country. They have a linebacker that's one of the best in the country. So they have dudes all over the field. For St. X, you got to go back to what, what got you there. The, the tempo, taking the easy throws, Liam Clifford, finding ways to get him the ball in space. So, look, when you have an offense that has played the majority of the season so well with Brogan McKay, you have a guy like Liam Clifford, and you have a defense that's confidence has to be the highest as the season that it's been, I still give him a fighter's chance in this the state championship. Yeah, I, I do too. And, and I don't want to say – I said this on TV uh, on the Sports Authority. We had a, did a high school playoff segment last night, Chris Renkel and I. And I said, this doesn't feel like 2016 because that 16 team was the one that came out of nowhere and just kept winning improbable game after improbable game. Right. And then got the state title game and, and you know, voila, here they are. But it feels like that to some degree with the last two weeks of, yeah, Pick Central's really good and your offense is sputtering mm-hmm. and you're not going to stop Pick Central. But yet there you are in the state championship right. game with the ability to run the ball, with the ability to throw the ball, they can, without yeah, they the ability can, to stop people. They can come out and score 35. Right, right. Um, and what's interesting to me – Historically, when you think of the Ohio State Championship, you think of weather, cold. It's going to be 60. Right. No, that's right. It's going to be perfect night for football. I mean, we've, seen pl- we've seen some of those words snowed. Right. I remember that when Elder won it with Bradley Gladhauer, uh, the the game on, um, up at Massillon. I think Moeller's last state championship was in the snow, if I'm not mistaken. Right. The Sam Hubbard team, but I think, like, they won I in just the snow. Looked at, you're, it's going to be 60 and yeah. sunny yeah. for the whole weekend. So. Like that, there's something into that when you are a team that can throw the ball around. And again, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them a fighter's chance because of that offense and because of the upside and with how the defense is playing right now. Agreed. Also on Friday night, LaSalle still alive. They'll oh, take on Maslin Washington alive. that game at Marysville High School. They're playing very well, but I will tell you, there's a team on the other side of the bracket in the semifinals that some people have told me they believe is the clear number one team in the state, regardless of division. And maybe we're going to find out. And that's Arch, it's Archbishop Hoban, which will play Avon in the other semifinal game. Um, I, I do think LaSalle gets to the state title game. I think they get past Washington. Avon or Avon? I think it's Avon. Like the golf course? Yeah, Avon Lakes, right? Avon is it Avon Fields? Like right down here? Yeah. It's Avon, oh, isn't it? Or is sure. it Avon? I thought it was Avon. Maybe it's Avon. I thought, oh, it's Avondale, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> it is Avondale. Uh-huh. It's like Gonzaga. Gonzaga people, it's yeah. not the Zaga. No, it's it's Gonzaga. It's, yeah. a, it's a good call. Good catch on your part. Though. You know, I'm like always, I'm I always locked it. in. Um, I, and I don't want to talk about look-aheads because, like I said, Hoban has been had a lot of buzz. And LaSalle's obviously played a schedule that doesn't allow you to do much looking ahead. Do you fear any of that with LaSalle? Or, you know, Pat McLaughlin's done this, this is, before. These guys have done this before. And I, I think they at least get to the title game. Yeah. I can't tell you they beat This Hoban. week was supposed to be their big test. Yeah, good point. When Woods was number one. Good point. LaSalle student was dominant. dominant. Um, LaSalle, again, playing their best football of the season. So you, you swing in those two. I, I like both their chances to get there. And, and what have both teams done before? They've been there. So they know what this is about. They, they know how to try and go and close this out. So uh, they have that ability, and I'm guessing the team we're going to talk about next also has that ability. That would be Wyoming. We have no teams in Division Three alive. Ross got beat by Alter on Friday night, so they were knocked out. How in the long did that game take? Game. 43 minutes. I was like, I was updating. I was on 700 WOW Friday night, and it's like all the games were at halftime. Well, dude, they were all, they, and all they did, like, both teams run the ball. And it was like Ross Alter going into the fourth quarter, and everyone else was at halftime. You realize that Ross this season, I'm not poking fun because, I mean, they got the regional championship right. game in Kenyon Cummings. I did one of their games on TV with Harrison. They are fun to watch, even though they run the ball. 
They went into that game having thrown the ball zero times in the playoffs and 11 times for the whole year mm-hmm. and averaged 428 yards per game they rushing. Won, they won three playoff games without throwing a pass. That's incredible. That's incredible. So great season for Kenyon Cummings, but uh, no teams left in Division Three. In Division Four on Saturday night, we're going to have this game for you on WatchHSSports.TV. Greg Waddell and I will have the call of Van Wert in Wyoming, a Wyoming team that somehow improbably – uh, came back to win in double overtime two weeks ago over Valley View and then goes out and beats the number one team in the state, Clinton Massey. Now, I know Massey had some chances uh, where they, they had a couple drives deep that, that fumbled the ball away, but Wyoming defensively shuts down a team that they also are a heavy running mm-hmm. team, averaging 400 yards per game, averaging almost 50 points per game. Hold them to nine points, yeah. win 28 to nine. They'll take on Van Wert, which I can honestly, as we sit here on Monday to do this podcast, mm-hmm. I know zero about them. The game, by the way, will take place at Piqua uh, High School uh, at Alexander Stadium. They'll take on the winner. So Piqua or Piqua? Piqua. Don't, don't get me on that one. <laughs> we'll take on the winner of Mentor Lake Catholic and Carol Bloom Carroll. I didn't know I said that okay. one right, unless it's Carol um, Bloom Carroll. It's funny because for much of the season, we talked about how this was the, the year for Indian Hill to surpass Wyoming. Yep. And yet, here we are, yep. and here's Wyoming still playing. Van Wert Cougars, I'm told. Oh, How about that? Cougars. Cougars. The Cougars. 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 And in Division 5, the Corey Kiner Show runs along. Uh, say uh, Roger Bacon will take on Ironton at London High School. That also on Saturday night in a Division 5 semifinal game. The winner will take on uh, Otsego. Do you know Otsego? Tonto Ganji Otsego. I kid you not. That's I'm looking good at job. Right and, and the winner of them in Kirtland. I know Kirtland only because we played him in a summer basketball okay. game a couple years ago, uh, a couple summers ago. Bacon the favorite. Uh, clear cut. I got I got to think so, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't now here's my that. question for you: If if Corey Kiner leads Roger Bacon to a state title, and they are more than I made a point of that, and you've made a point mm-hmm. of that, their quarterback does he get tutored by you? By the way, Huber. He, we did, worked in the offseason, yeah, Yes. Okay. They're not just Corey Kiner, right? Now he's a big part of what they do. Don't get me wrong. They've shown he's the a ability to player. do more. Um, if, if they do win the state title, we've talked about it, I think even the, even if they've gotten to where they've gotten to, which is the semifinals, I, if, if he's not Mr. Football, I'd have to see who is. If he's not, I don't I don't know how you can ever claim that that is an and award. And it's not just people is. go, well, he's piling all this up against a small school. He I would go do back it against to, any team. Dude, he's going to LSU. Mm-hmm. Okay, you gotta be you got to be kind of good yep. to go to LSU, right? Go watch some of his highlights. Yeah. He would do it against any team in any division. Yes, correct. So, again, one state championship game on Friday, a semifinal on Friday, two more semifinals in Division Four and Division Five. I got to also shout Saturday. out uh, Lawrenceburg. I was going to. Rolled on. They're in the regional. They're, it's weird in Indiana. You go to a sectional championship game, right into a regional championship mm-hmm. game, which is the final eight in the state, and then into the uh, the next round, which would be semi-state. So they are technically in the final eight in Class 3A, and they are indeed rolling along. And then we get to Kentucky, where Saturday morning I woke up. Yeah. This is funny. I'm checking my emails. Um, I had to go to a basketball practice, and I was going to do one little work thing before I left. And my email dinged. And I went, oh, well, it's probably just some silly email. And there it was, the KHSA announcing, we're pushing the playoffs back a week. They're supposed to start this coming week. They say no games this week. Can't mm-hmm. even play like a find a team and go play a game. There were a lot of games canceled in Kentucky on Friday uh, night because of uh, states in, in COVID. I think 82 of the 120 counties in the state of Kentucky are under the red alert yeah. category. And look, to me, it feels like the pushback is more to allow school systems to decide do you want in or do you want out as opposed to let's push this back so then teams can maybe, I know some of it is, some teams are under massive quarantines, so it does give you the time to get some of those teams out of it. It just mostly feels to me, Tony, unfortunately, like we're going to give you guys this time as school systems to decide the following week, are you in right. or are you out, which is and scary. then let's hit the brackets. Yeah, which, which is scary because if you're a team that— And that's that, just for the first round. Where do we go right. from there? If you're a team that's competing or has a chance and you got half your team out, then you want to be in— 
and you want to have the chance to play. But I mean, it, it's it, it is the the worst case scenario for Kentucky. And and you know, I I know I I, I talk about him in the show for, but my guy Cam Hergit at Beachwood. Uh, I mean, a guy that going into this season would have dominated camps in the off season. Yep. Got no opportunity for camps. Has put together a resume to be Mr. Football I, I think, in Kentucky. I think his best offer over the summer, and I saw him right before practice started. And I, I was out to dinner yeah. and I saw him. I said, How are things going? He said Dayton was really interested, yeah. but I think he's probably elevated himself from Dayton. It's no knock on Dayton, but he's right. probably elevated himself. Right. But, that. but still, you know, to, to be in the conversation of Mr. Football, yep. but to be in jeopardy of not having playoffs, and then who knows what this offseason looks like. Right. Because when you're. When you're a, a quarterback at a at a school like that, it's a small beach with small. Although they play a nice schedule, and there's, there's some to, tape against right. the Govcath, but still, you look forward to state playoffs, yep. and you look forward to camps because you can go up against the best right. and show what you can do. So, um, for the sake of him and so many others like him in Kentucky, that you just want to have a chance, um, I, I, I hope that that they can get this figured out. And well, I, I told Cam because we we actually got together yesterday and did some training. I know some fields. In the Reading area, you know, if, if Beachwood can't <laughs> practice down there, I can get them. I can get them on some fields well, up here. I was gonna say, I, I coach basketball there. Yeah. We're, we still got. I got practice coming up this evening. I, so. I can get you some gym time. I know. I've, I've got my gym time all scheduled. I'm, Hilltop I'm good Park, with that. double rims, Hilltop outside. Park. I love it. I love it. Chain, chain, uh, chain nets or, or, can, or, or uh, uh, right no nets. Right now there are no nets. I like that even better. Yeah. See, I like. I grew up with the no nets. No you ever, nets have you ever nets. implemented, you know, a practice outdoors to just you know hone Bo- in on the shooting? No, believe it or not, though, I have before when when um, uh, some gym time was taken away See? from me. And it was a nice day, and I went to a park uh, in Fort Mitchell, and, and we we practiced. Hilltop, yes, Hilltop Park. They got double rims, everything you could ask for. I will say there is a board meeting for the Kentucky High School Athletic Association that's set for November the eighteenth. That's a few days prior to this starting. And I just I'm I, I'm hoping it's not going to be, hey, we're going to kick this down the road again. And then my other fear is my season, which is coming what up, that, basketball season would would get pushed. What back would that to be? What would that look like though? How far can you kick the can down the down the? I, 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 the I guess road? you could kick it down to another week or two. Use December to play football. Start basketball in January. Yeah. Again, I'm just surmising because a lot of schools. I mean, there's a lot of small schools in Kentucky um, that have guys playing multiple sports. Man, and that would put you so. in a tough spot. It doesn't for – it's funny. Usually for me as a freshman coach, I'm yeah. waiting for those guys to come done with varsity football because they all get called up. This year I got kind of lucky where mm. um, they decided because of COVID. You might have to adjust your up. coaching though. Season doesn't start till January. That gives you it's a little fun. more pressure. Yeah, there's a great part, Tony. I've had so far uh, – we've, we've been able to practice eight times because we weren't able to start till October 26th, so four times each of the last couple of weeks. And I still haven't gotten anything installed. Okay. So All I got right. two weeks to get stuff installed. Look, it sounds like you're doing great. I'm doing I'm Can, can you come help me? <laughs> well, why don't you just take the rapine approach and you can just miss next week and install all you want. You know what? Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll just you know, use a, that's full, what we do now. a full Monday of install work. Um, all right, hopefully James is back next week. We think he is, right? Yeah, I hope so. He took the bye. It's okay. He's allowed. Designated for assignment. <laughs> you have to put him on, put him on waivers. Does maybe he can go join Carlos Dunlap in Seattle. He took a bye. I mean... Dunlap, maybe he's taking the Ross trajectory. Maybe, maybe he's going to tweet out. He's going to tweet out demands to us at some point, yeah. right? Put maybe his house up for sale. Maybe he's got demand. He wants to be traded to a different podcast. It's possible. Podcast to be named later. Yeah. We'll see what it is. What do we get for? What do we get in return? Uh, box of Duncans. <laughs> That's <laughs> all we can expect. All right, we appreciate it for our executive producer, Rob Ebel, for the absent James Rapino. We'll be back next week. And Tony Pike, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Coast don't know is when the sun goes down, the Midwest will rise and take this town. You can put a black chip in the place of your mouth is if you think the Midwest ain't as hard as the South is. Boys find girls and then stay with them, and little kids dance to a collective rhythm. 
If you don't love it, I don't know what you're thinking. Thank Jesus, I'm Cincinnati Pimp. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-P-I-M-P-I-N. Man, I'm Cincinnati Pimp. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-P-I-M-P-I-N. Man, I'm Cincinnati Pimp. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-P-I-M-P-I-N Oh, I Yeah, I'm Cincinnati Pimpin' C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-P-I-M-P-I-N